Good evening and welcome to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. With me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Jim Stam. Jim, before we introduce our guests, how are you doing today, brother? Oh, I'm doing all right, Gary. Uh, my son lost his playoff uh, hockey game last night, 5-4 in overtime. He's six. He's bummed. But Oh, uh, man. I know, right? That really, so... really, that really upset you, didn't it? Yes. I mean. Tell people I... why it upsets you so much. Jim and I were supposed to go to the Pirate game tomorrow night together and get the wives together and have a nice night out. And then he texts me at the beginning of the week, listen, some stuff changed with Ben. <laughs> and I, I had to secretly root against my own nephew. And they were and they were the one seed and they lost. So I hope you're happy. I hope you're happy. I feel like a monster, man. <laughs> Let's uh, <laughs> Let's go ahead and introduce our guest today. First up, most of you yeah. recognize our buddy Steve Feck. Uh, he's been here with us a couple times talking bucks, so you know what he brings to the table. Steve, you got anything to add to that? Uh, no, I mean, you you warned them. So, and again, if people are still tuning in, <laughs> it's uh, you know, my hands are clean. So, all right. So, and uh, this time he's brought along his colleague from Jay's on the couch, Karen Suter. With the two teams set to play each other, both of you, welcome to the Fan Forum. This is going to be a fun talk. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. It, it's, it's Jay's from the couch. Oh, Jay's from the couch. I it's, typed it wrong. It, it, Sorry. It's, a, it's, a, it's drunks on the couch. It's Jay's from the couch. Uh-huh. <laughs> See, and I write for Bucks in the Basement. Basement, right. So I should know this a little bit better. Um, so here in Pittsburgh, the mood of the fan base should be fairly predictable, right? Doom and gloom as far as the eye can see. The Jays, on the other hand, are in the hunt for the wild card. So, Karen, I'm going to start with you. I was taken aback a bit when reading some comments under some Jays posts. My God, you might suspect the roles were reversed. Why? Oh, my goodness. I, I really wish I could answer that. It's it, it's an ongoing source of frustration for me. Um, the, the best way I can sum it up is this. In the offseason, the Jays on paper appeared to have put together a very, very strong team. And a lot of people had them picked to, if not win the World Series, at least go to the World Series. And they still absolutely could. But in terms of their regular season record, they haven't been as consistent as I think a lot of people expected. And right. A lot of people expected them to be in the position that the Yankees are in, to be kind of running away with the AL East division. That hasn't been the case. They've been in a playoff spot Every day this season, earlier they were leading the AL East, they slipped back a bit, unfortunately, and they've kind of bounced around uh, among the three wildcard spots, but they're right in there. They just, they, they're sort of hot and cold. I mean, you can kind of break down all of their season into, okay, these were a good stretch of games followed by a not so good stretch of games. And they've, they've really been up and down, but 
I, I feel that there's a certain segment of the fan base, at least those who take to social media, that if they win one, that's great. That's that's like plus one. Anytime they lose one, instead of it being a minus one, they seem to take it as a minus three. And <laughs> heaven forbid you lose three games in a row like they did this past weekend to the Angels. And there are people saying, oh, that's it. They're not even going to be a playoff team. And I'm just like... <laughs> uh, it was crazy, Karen. I'm seeing things like sell the team. I'm like, what? I mean, so Jim, you remember when when the Pirates were in the playoffs? It was you know a decade ago. Yeah, she's and yeah. Go ahead. This Go is ahead. striking a very familiar tone to when when the Pirates were good. And yeah. the funny thing is, the negativity level has literally stayed the same. It really has. Yeah. And I, I just wonder if it's a phenomenon all of baseball, and we just think it's so pirates you know that, that we're this desperately angry but when you hear things like this from karen what do you think uh, you know you know me i love my cross sports analogies and the first thing i think of is it sounds like penguins fans to me like when the penguins are 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 good one game they win you know stanley cup here we come don't then turn they this lose. into a Leafs conversation. <laughs> <laughs> then they lose, but then they lose, and it's Fire Sullivan and uh, Gino sucks, and you know. But but yeah, so it, it's fans in general, I think, and it, it goes across sports. But it's just crazy to me when uh, you guys uh, mentioned about, hey, let's let's talk about the fact that there are some Blue Jays fans that are unhappy. I mean, I almost blacked out. I'm thinking, like, they've been in the postseason chase all year. They play in an absolute nuclear warfare of a division of of teams, right? So, like, how would you not be happy with that? But apparently that's not the case. It really surprised me, Gary. I don't know, Steve, what do you think? Well, well you know, I, I'm Professor Positive on my show. I never find fault. <laughs> with anything but i mean karen touched on it i think the expectations were just so high and honestly i i picked them to win the world series i mean i i was a true believer um i think what happens is that when they don't react to issues injuries bad performances and they spend the offseason touting how how they have all of this talent in the minor leagues, but then they really don't. I, I think that it just starts to kind of pile on top of each other. I mean, you know, right. the Pirates now, I mean, it's a totally different situation. I mean, in essence, they're an expansion team. When Sherrington came in, he tore everything down and is building everything up from the ground up. Every part of the organization is new. So it's when pirate fans look at blue Jay fans and, and they're complaining, I can understand them saying, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, it must be really tough being a playoff team or whatever. But no, I think, I think it's not just the playoff team aspect of it. I think it's the star power. I mean, you've got Vladdy and Bouchette and like, I mean, you guys got some monsters up there for real. That's a, to, to pirates fans. That's an oasis. A lot of us, have picked Toronto as our cheat team for that very reason. Just so we have our, our toe in the water of a team that's semi close to us. That's going to do something, yeah, you know? So I've had, yeah, I've had pirate fans say, how could they let Alec Manoa 
go on, you not get drafted by the Pirates. He was a, you know, he's a backyard guy. He played ball, you know, you know, an hour away from us. How did he get to Toronto and not come to the Pirates? We're not going to talk about where he played school. I mean, not tonight. <laughs> not on not on backyard brawl night. We're not. No, no, no. Virginia we're not going to do that. Okay. So not in a, not I, in a positive I, light anyway. So I should mention that, that on the college football podcast that I'm doing that I picked W. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll, we'll gloss that over. Cut cut the feed, Gary. Cut the feed. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just crazy to me the similarities that that, that you see, uh, even when you're in the hunt, even when you have stars. Escaping yeah. the, the negative environment that has become the comment sections of every available comment board there is, is populated with the same kind of stuff. Well, and, and let me just say this in there. It's kind of ironic. You've got the Blue Jays with the best division and the Pirates probably in the worst division. And uh, I would have just thought that, they, that Blue Jays fans kind of would have been um, giving them some credit for the fact of I mean, we, we know about the Yankees. We know what the Rays are doing. Toronto's doing well. Baltimore is just coming out of no, not nowhere, but, man, they're coming on strong. And the Red Sox are the worst team in the division. They're five games under 500. It's just I would have thought there would have been given some credit there, but maybe not. Maybe fans just do not care, man. <laughs> Let's take a quick break. When we come back, <laughs> let's talk a little bit more about the overall picture. Welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Jim, Gary, Steve, Karen. We got a whole lineup today for for everybody. We're going to talk a little bit about the wild card race in general, and uh, we'll get around to the division races, I, I suppose, too. But a lot of those are kind of, I don't know, less entertaining than the wild card is right now. Blue Jays are right in the thick of it. Um,. You were talking about the importance of getting the home playoff series, you know, for the Blue Jays. I mean, that's is that a moral victory or has that got some kind of uh, just it's time now? Well, I mean, no, I think strategically you don't want to have to play all three games on the road. You know, I mean, and that's how the wild card round is set up. So you really want to be the first wild card. So you at least have two home games you know, during the playoffs. But I think for the Blue Jays, and especially for Blue Jay fans, the team spent all of the shortened 2020 season on the road. Last year, they started at their at their training complex, then went to Buffalo, and then finally in July, they got to play some games at the Rogers Center. I, I, so I think it's not necessarily a moral victory. It's a morale victory for Blue yeah. Jay fans to be able to come out, and they've been coming out in droves to root for their team in the playoffs. Oh, I, I think I think that's we, interesting. I think, yeah, I think we feel that we have earned the right to have a home playoff series only because of everything that got weathered. I can it's see fun. that entirely. Yeah. I was just going to say, it's funny. I just remembered the whole snafu with the Pirates and the Blue Jays 
with the pandemic and the Pirates were going to let the Blue Jays play at yeah. PNC Park. And yeah. uh, I think everyone kind of forgets about that. I, I, it just dawned on me and how quickly that went south. So, yeah, you guys have had, uh, as a fan base, kind of wandering around the wilderness for a, a, a year and a half or so. Yeah, yeah well, so, so, I mean, after editor... all the plagues were over, they finally get home, <laughs> right? And Sean, uh, our editor and Karen probably wish that they had never thought about the Blue Jays playing in Pittsburgh because that's how I got connected to Jays from the couch. Oh, geez. Because <laughs> I said, hey, look, they're going to be Whew. playing here. If you need somebody to, you know, do, you know, an on-site thing or whatever, let me know. And then the next thing you know. An a- absolute tragic turn of events. <laughs> for... Right. It wasn't bad enough that your team couldn't play in your home stadium. Now you have to have yeah. this loudmouth American come <laughs> and rain on your parade every week. So. Well, I mean, that's how we came to know you, too. So I, I guess you're right. It really was a devastating turn of events. But, but, Karen, another advantage that you would get if you guys managed to get the home series is, eh, I mean, you know, I don't want to act like it's fun that somebody decides not to get vaccinated and can't come into your country to play baseball. But, hey, it's an advantage. You know, if you get a team that, that somebody has decided not to, I mean, you guys know who those people are now from being in your division, I'm sure. How um, do you feel about that? Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it depends. Some teams have that there's been more than others. I, I, I think the Yankees, they actually, there were a couple of holdouts, and then they all ended up getting it. Um, and uh, the, the biggest one was the Kansas City Royals, but they're not a playoff team anyway. There were 10 of them. <laughs> that, that oh, my. One of, one of them is now on the oh, budget. Wow. So with Merrifield, he decided to get the shots so he could be traded to a contender. So, but, yeah, I mean, there's there's that. I mean, without without turning the show into something hugely political, people can choose and choices have consequences. And, yeah, uh, it doesn't need to be political. It's a, right now. It's it's a competitive advantage that is weird in the game, and I just think it's cool that you know you guys are in the thick of it and can actually make this something that that <laughs> matters a little bit because it's definitely going to spark debate on both sides. Not unlike uh, Novak Djokovic not playing in the U.S. Open right, right now. Right. Same kind and, of thing. Yeah. And, so. And Pin that tweet to my profile because no disrespect, gentlemen, but it seems like there's a lot of American sports fans out there who seem to think that Canada is the only country in the world with a vaccine mandate. And guess what? We're not. That the U.S. has the exact same rules. So when they try to say, "Oh, Canada and the Jays, and they've got an unfair advantage, and they got to drop this rule right away," blah blah blah, the U.S. has got exactly the same thing. So. No, I mean that's the truth, and it's it's if you fly in, it's one thing; if you drive in, it's another. So you know something that a lot of teams have been doing. I heard was trying to drive uh, fly into Detroit, drive across the border, catch a flight over to wherever they need to go, and, ah. and be okay. And you can interesting. So, so um, who do you guys fear the most in the AL? You know, like who do you? Because we've seen the Yankees. I mean, like I just saw where they. What a phenomenal start they had, and then I think they're 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 on pace to have like the fourth worst record for the Yankees team after the All Star break. I mean, like crazy stuff. So, who do you guys fear? in the playoffs 
Do you want to take it, Karen, first? Um, yeah, I, I think of all the realistic contenders that they've all got their strengths and weaknesses. No one's going to be easy to beat, but for some reason, and maybe it's the head-to-head matchup back when the Jays really weren't playing well, I'm afraid of Seattle a bit. Yeah. Interesting. I, I hope, I hope that someone else, I hope they can finally, Go on a skid, and someone else knocks them out of the playoffs. I mean, they have That's a good team, and they've got a couple of those kids that are those kind of kids. You yeah. know, th- those ones that can just up and take over a series and and put you out real quick. That's scary. I, I agree. I think Cleveland could bite somebody. I mean, because they don't even have names to target, really. It feels more <laughs> like... Uh, just some kind of like happy accident that all came together and everything seems to be working. Yeah. Ramirez and who? Right. I mean, Steve, what do you think American league? And then we'll turn it over to national league a little bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I was going to say Cleveland though. Cameron's spot on Seattle scares me as well because they're so young. Yeah. They really, I mean, they, they don't, don't know, know what they could be. Right. They don't know any better. Yeah. Right. But I mean, you never Cleveland, know when like somebody like, uh, Eugenio Suarez is going to go off and hit 10 in a row like right. for 10 games because right. that, that can happen. It's in yeah. there. I mean, it boils down to me with pitching. So, so I don't – I think the only team that doesn't match up as well other than – well, they're not going to see Houston in the first round would be Cleveland, I think, can match Toronto 1-2-3 better than any of the other teams. Other teams might have two starters you have to worry about. They're going to be, you know, in the wild card round in that first right. round. But Cleveland worries me, and the Blue Jays hitters had no clue against the Cleveland pitching. That's interesting. When they were yeah, the so Cleveland pitching is always a problem, and and they just manufacture it there like crazy. So it's Tampa. So a lot of a lot of uh, interesting stuff going on in the American League, National League. Jim, you and I yeah. should probably handle pretty exclusively here. Uh huh. <laughs> Atlanta Braves are running away with the wild card. I mean, if they don't catch up and win that division, it feels like the wild card's there for them, like the number one. Yeah. And they're not too far off the New York Mets. I was just going to say, Mets better watch out, right? Yeah. Well, first of all, first of all, um, Gary, this this is a pirate show. Uh, the Pirates are 23 games out of a wild card They're still spot. in it. They're still in it. Still mathematically possible. So, you know, let's just not gloss over the fact that we're still in it. Right. You I know, think we these... ha- if we go 500, we avoid 100 losses. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's probably a, a blogger or two <laughs> out there that might even say, if they get hot, let's make a run at this thing. You know, I'm not going to name any names, but hey. Uh, but no, um, yeah, like, okay, you know, you know, the Mets, they, they've, I don't take them as seriously. Maybe I should I think Atlanta and LA to me are just the teams, man. Like the, you know, that, that I personally think are in the best position. <laughs> the Cardinals, I always want to count them out. And we have the polar they, opposite of their division because our division is the worst yeah. by far. Yeah, yeah, so like to me, like L.A., Atlanta, I I respect Atlanta so much for what they do, and um, I'm a uh, uh, an Acuna Junior fanboy. So, um, but yeah, so Gary, what do you think? I mean, who do you? 
I'm right with you. Atlanta to me, and LA's just starting to take on some blows now, injury wise. Though they're losing some some good pitchers. Gonzalez just went down the other day. You know, you don't know what Walker Bueller's going to look like. Who knows how long? You didn't know, they just um, didn't they just bring up a pirate? Um, an ex pirate. An ex pirate. Yes. In the bullpen, it was uh, somebody not Reed? good. No. no. Hembry. Yes. Well, yes. I, so, yeah, it was Hembry. So, well, so LA is starting to get nicked up. Yeah, he is. But he's starting to get nicked up. They're they're nicked up out there. So I don't know what they're going to turn into in the playoffs. San Diego's borderline, but yeah, San Diego, like them. just to wrap it kind of back into to Toronto. Am I wrong that San Diego kind of did what you would have liked them to do, Steve? Have some kind of sort of holes and go out and make them better, right? And look at what it's done to them. Does that educate you at all, or does that make you kind of like go, no, no, they just didn't do it right? It's not even a matter of just not doing it right. Sometimes it, things just don't gel. You need to do it, though. You know, and I mean, and the Pirates are going to get there next year. I'm not saying the Pirates are going to contend for the playoffs next year. I think they're a 500 team next year. But they're going to have to start rolling the dice a little bit more. And Sherrington right. has never been afraid in his career to roll the dice. So it's, you know, it's coming time that if you try, if it fails, at least you try. I will never get mad at a general manager that actually tries something. See, I actually think that's the big hangup for us here in Pittsburgh with Sherrington. You know, I take your word for it. I've seen his yeah. history as well, but I've seen him do it with money. I need to see him do it without money. I need to see how how unafraid he is to spin the wheel when he doesn't have a safety net of an owner that can spend $200 million if you screw up. I have no fears over that. Sherrington I, I, is, is the kind of baseball mind. I mean, he reminds me, well, again, Dombrowski had money, but he didn't have money in Montreal and in, in Florida. Um, DePoto doesn't have money in Seattle, but he certainly had money when he was with Anaheim or Los Angeles or whatever they call themselves these days. You know, so I think you just have to have a mindset. You know, AA is you know, didn't really have the financial freedom in Toronto right. that um, Atkins has. I, I think that Rogers is really committed to, to this now. That I mean, Shapiro has a business plan, but. If you have the mindset, payroll plays a very small role until it's time to, uh, ex, you know, to offer free agency once arbitration years go, go through. So I don't worry about Sherrington whatsoever. When people come up and say, "Oh, Sherrington's this or Sherrington's that," get, okay, it's early. It's still in the well, early stages. Next year, if he if he's hasn't had things figured out and hasn't made the moves he needs to make. Okay. Then you can start criticizing, but again, let, this, let, this is an expansion team. Let me ask Karen real quick, because this is something that, you know, we don't, we only have one kind of, um, I mean, the ownership group here is hated, loathed, despised, whatever adjective you want to come up with. There, there are no Bob nutting defenders left. I don't think, um, you know, blindly. Um, so Karen there, like with, uh, the, the spending and the payroll do, do fans there, 
are they okay with it? Do they think it's been enough? Are they and you know there are some I'm not talking about the crazies. I'm talking about the 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 fans that have uh, a decent idea of what's going on. Are they okay with the spending there? Right. Um I I guess the short answer that I can give you is I don't really hear a lot of complaints about that. When I do hear complaints, it's not about that per se. So rewinding a little bit, it was 2015 when Mark Shapiro took over as club president. And that offseason, I believe that's when he brought in his own guy, Ross Atkins, because they'd worked together back in Cleveland and blah, 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 to be the general manager. Yes, we, we know how Steve feels about Atkins. Um, I, I remember at first when this happened, uh, various different people that I talked to were convinced that, oh, Shapiro Atkins, look what they did in Cleveland. They just ruined that team and they're going to do the same thing to the Blue Jays. And I said a couple of points that I mis- made was, first off, let's give them time and see what they're going to do because we don't know what they're going to do here. And I mean, it's to me, it's an apples and oranges comparison because what whatever money that Cleveland ownership has or does not have, they don't seem willing to spend the big bucks on the top players. I mean, even when they extended Jose Ramirez, he very much gave them a hometown discount. And yeah, a little bit. Who knows how that would have gone if he hadn't been willing to do that. But yeah. it's interesting what, what you're saying about Charrington and and what is he going to do type of thing because I always felt that Toronto ownership and the front office that when the time was right they would be willing to spend I mean back in 2017 2018 there wasn't much point because those teams weren't going anywhere when it looks like they're getting close (laughs) They wrote to playoffs. See, we say that sort of thing too, and you can get crucified for that in this city. I'm just telling you. Uh, every every pirate fan's ears just perked up when they heard yeah. you said that, and they're like, a- "She's defending Bob." The- oh wait. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, we went through it, and yeah. Then since then, that they have spent eighty million dollars on Hunjin Ryu who was actually good at the beginning of his contract before he started getting injured and ultimately needing Tommy John surgery. But a year later, they brought in George Springer and they've spent the big bucks to sign Kevin Gosman, trade for and then extend Jose Barrios. I, I mean, they're to me, they're making a lot of the right type of moves that they should be making. So I think I think where there is some frustration among Blue Jays fans, it's not with how much they're spending, but maybe a move or two that they've made wasn't really the right move. You say Kikuchi, unfortunately, thirty-six million dollars, and so yeah, far, so like a bust. <laughs> gotcha. Interesting. So, so let's do a couple things. Let's do rapid fire real quick. I want to just get a few topics out on the table and answer them real quick and then we'll move on this one's going to start out pirates but i think you guys can pitch in because it's just interesting so the pirates decided that they were going to posthumously sign some players from the negro leagues and put them in their hall of fame they were going to be in the hall of fame anyway so this signing of players that are already dead (laughs) does that make any sense i i mean I'm not mad about it, 
I'm just not sure I understand it. So I kind of wanted to get everybody's take on that. And Jim, I know I'm blindsiding you, but what in the world did you think? I, I'm not sure I can form an opinion on it. You know, I'm so sarcastic on Twitter, and it goes over people's heads all the time, which actually makes me laugh and make me more sarcastic sometimes. But uh, I wanted to crack a joke, but then I also didn't want to just be too disrespectful of like, you know. But I think I like where their heart was at, but I don't think it says what they thought it was going to say. Yeah, I mean, it's a nice gesture. I mean, um, I... (laughs) I mean, how, how, I mean, uh, I question the method that that happens. I mean, do they get uh, someone from the family bloodlines and they sign it or is it just are they, total... they going to give them some money? Like, I don't, I don't understand I don't, how it works. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, that, that, so I backed off just cause I didn't want to, I think that like you said, their hearts in the right place, but, yeah. but I did laugh cause I'm like, well, some of these guys aren't alive, so that's problematic. And I won't then, force you know, either of you two to answer this question. If you don't want to touch this with a 10-foot pole, I understand it. But if you have anything to say, please add it now before I move on to the next subject. Anything? You know, I'm sorry. I love it. There's, there's two teams and two cities that could pull off a stunt like this as far as honoring Negro League players. Kansas City and Pittsburgh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Negro Leagues revolved around the Kansas City Monarchs, the Homestead Grays. Maybe Baltimore, D.C. too. But yeah. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Yes. But again, right. But I think this move, I don't want to say it's a rodeo clown move where you're you're distracting them away from what's happening on the field. But I think it's really appealing to that hardcore, real pirate fan. So I, so from that standpoint, rather than having another bobblehead or another fireworks night, they're actually appealing to the true baseball fan, and I think it's great. Well, I'm interested. And this by the is whole the thing. yeah, and this is the anniversary of the Pirates with their 1971 team, which which fielded their first all black lineup. Point. That's a great point, Jim. You real. know, um, so um, maybe that yeah, makes it make a little more sense. Uh, yeah. So, uh, which is, like I said, wasn't yeah. mad about it. Just didn't understand it. Yeah. Well, I just chuckled at the. I just chuckled at the fact of the impossibility of it. Right. <laughs> All right. This one's you very know, Blue so. Jays related. Do we get Vladdy signed or what? Oh, Karen. <laughs> yes, please. I I really think of of everything that they should probably try to address in the off season. That's number one on my wish list. I I want him like that. There's never been a lifetime Blue Jay, and I really want him to be the first. There, there's just so many reasons why it makes so much sense, and, and I don't care about a hometown discount or whatever. Get him signed to make sure that he's still here in 10 years. Well, that and, was a and truth re- bomb right there. I didn't know. That's pretty cool. Never had yeah. a lifetime player. Not even Dave Steve, because Steve went to the White Sox. So. Well, wow. and, remind, and remind everybody why um, uh, Toronto and teams in uh, that, that – uh, market why do they have a advantage 
for contractual reasons um, with with players. They, they have an advantage. It's a disadvantage to the team because they're paying in American dollars and they're generating Canadian dollars. That's what that's that's what I'm trying to get at. So okay. yeah, yes. okay. So that makes it, it makes it difficult. I don't think it gets done until he's actually a free agent because he doesn't need to sign. It's not Julio Rodriguez where literally, or Ronald Acuna or Juan Soto, where it literally is generational wealth now. His family for multiple generations, those players are now set. Vlad Jr.'s dad is a multimillionaire and he's an even better businessman, so he's still making money. You know, it's right, the same thing right. with Bo Bichette. He doesn't really need – Bo could retire tomorrow, and I'm sure Dad will take care of him. He might have to do something, do baseball clinics or something. But Karen's really, got her finger up. She's about to poke <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah, but, 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 I mean, honestly, I, I think that's why you don't see Vladdy or Bo, the two big names, sign the extensions early because they just don't have to. Okay. Yes. Karen, what did you want to say? Yeah, so a, a couple things about that, and I'm I'm sure that's a valid point, and, and maybe you're 100% correct about that. So two things for me. Yes, Vlad Sr. Um, made money when he was a player, is still making money now, and, and great for him. Um, but if I'm Vlad Guerrero Jr., do I want to spend the rest of my life relying on my father for whatever financial support. Yes, he got a signing bonus. And I, I mean, he's he's already made some money in MLB, but nothing compared to what he could. <coughs> that That's one of the things that I often say, that people say, oh, well, the family doesn't need money. But to me, there's a huge difference between being the one that earned the money and being able to control how and when it's spent. And, okay, I want this, but the money's not mine. It's my dad's. And is he going to approve of these choices or whatever? So that's, that's point number one. Number two, for me, from the Blue Jays' perspective, again, all I keep hearing is, well, a lot of these other players who sign, well, before they're free agent eligible, they're, they're taking... They're they're taking good money in the first years, but they're they're buying. They're, there's a trade-off. At one point, they're they're signing for less than they could in order to, or they're getting more money earlier, giving up a couple of years of free agency or whatever, and all this. And if to me, if I'm the Toronto Blue Jays, like pay him top dollar, sign him for you know that some of the big contracts are, that are out there. What's the biggest one, Mike Trout or? But whatever, whatever it is, like give him that money now, even if you're paying more dollar-wise in the next few years for doing it, because what you're getting in return is making sure that he stays here. And I think I think a valuable lesson was learned with Fernando Tatis for some, though. I mean, those long-term contracts that you sign with kids before you really know what they're going to be, sometimes they turn out great. Sometimes they turn out like what Tatis has put on paper ever since he signed his. He's got all the talent in the world, but he, he's a knucklehead, clearly. I mean, like, and 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 besides that, he's Health. prone to injury. Health, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, which is something you can't you can't you can't predict that. Hopefully did you ever you watch that a, kid swing? You could predict it. <laughs> well, yeah. 
Yeah, to an extent, but you know, you know what I'm saying in general terms with teams that that's that's usually the one thing. But uh, you should have a good idea of kind of maybe what kind of uh, character you have. Yeah, like character issues. If there's, what you know, is this a guy you're willing to give that kind of money to? Yeah, but once so, you make that commitment, you know, it could go one of two ways. And I think once you get to this point with Vlad, you you've almost let him be sure enough about himself that it that becomes difficult. You know, where that's I think that's why you approach these kids when they're when they're young and unproven because neither of you really know. So you can get away with a lower number because they're selling themselves as much as you're trying to sell them on on staying with you for a long long time. Like Brian Hayes could outplay his contract by halfway through it, or they could end up being perfect if he keeps hitting like this. Okay, the Blue Jays want to get it done. Karen's right. The Blue Jays want to get it done, and I'm sure they're going to try to get it done. I just think, and remember, Vladdy and Fernando Tatis are best buds, so Vladdy's going to look at you know what's how an honor. He goes, well, you know what. Maybe I, rather than bring that pressure upon myself earlier, I'm, I'm going to maybe try to enjoy myself a little bit, still make some money, and then maybe I really can cash in. Because by the time he becomes a you know a, a free you know a, a free agent, they're going to have an idea of what the next CBA is going to be looking like. It won't be in place yet, but you're going to have a pretty good idea what the landscape is. So I think for Vladdy and Bo, uh, uh, there's going to be more zeros at the end of their contracts if they win. Man, it's I love it. I, I was just gonna throw out one more thing here, real quick. It's so interesting because we talk about Gary. We get questions all the time about O'Neill Cruz and what what people right. should what 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 should the Pirates do with him? And so it's like, when do you try to pull the trigger with these guys before they get too good? But yet you're trying to make sure that they're good enough. And so it's that that delicate balance, that dance, and I think we're going to be dealing with that in Pittsburgh real soon, and we'll see. Like it's a good problem to have, but that's a that but but it's tricky too. Yeah, I mean, let's take a quick break. Let's come back. I think we have a good call your shot for the four of us to tackle. Jim, Doug Smith, self-proclaimed ambassador for Pittsburgh Pirates uh, spring training. Um, I am putting on my rally cap for the entire 2023 season because I feel like that's what we're all doing right now. But I saw you and me messing around looking for um, John Baker's, you know, history and what's going on. And it started to make me realize that maybe Dewey Robinson is a data point that we should pay attention to because you look into a lot of the analytics staff and even the coaching staff and... um, they're all young and they were picked because they're great, you know, people, uh, they know how to learn, they have open minds and all this sort of stuff. But I think Dewey Robinson was somebody the pitching staff could learn from. So I think, man, if I were, you know, Charrington, I would think maybe I need to find some more people to learn from because uh, even the assistant GMs are sort of on the young side. So wanted to hear your thoughts about that. Go Bucks. Right, and that was Call Your Shot, and obviously we're back on the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. 
and yeah, great question, Doug. I love it. And, uh, you know, we were talking about Dewey Robinson last week when we were talking about the pirates potentially needing to make some coaching changes and maybe there's some additions like that. They need to make somebody that kind of can help coordinate the overall hitting structure you know, I certainly think they need to make some changes at the major league level, but you're right, Doug. It feels like they need more gurus because that guru has kind of started to show dividends pretty quickly. So, yeah, it should be something Charrington should invest in. And, Jim, I'm going to let you go first because you haven't yet. What are your thoughts on what Doug had to say? And... Then I'd like our Toronto friends to kind of talk about, A, what Charrington did there, because he was pretty responsible for this area of things in Toronto, and and basically compare and contrast it from when he was there to when he left. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I'll keep it brief just because, like, you know, I think it's uh, it's the obvious question that needs to ask, um, and I mean that in a very complimentary way to, to Doug in just the sense that we're at that point, I think, where we need to get some help on that side of things. I mean, I think it's crystal clear. You know, so I would be going to these organizations that have had some success recently. I mean, if you got to go raid the Rays again, I don't care, you know, but just make sure you got enough people on board to – get this thing up to speed on that side of things because you're on a time frame and they, they talk about urgency. Uh, you know, Sherrington likes to use the term urgency. It, 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 there's some urgency. So, I, I mean, I, I think it's definitely something they need to do. And, you know, I would just, like Gary said, I'd just throw it to you guys and ask, you know, like from on the Blue Jay side of things, how has that worked out or what have you guys seen on the developmental side of things? Gary? Steve, you know much more about this than I do. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, basically, there's two things there. I mean, the Blue Jays have done that from a pitching standpoint because Pete Walker is the face of Blue Jays pitching. And that goes back even before, you know, they brought on Montoya and all those things. I mean, he's the face of Toronto Blue Jays pitching strategy. So, so I think it is important. Now, Sherrington didn't have the hiring power to bring in um you know coaches or whatever it is that ultimately was up to atkins and the farm director but charrington certainly had input as far as the type of players they should be seeking from a drafting standpoint as well as rule five or uh you know, minor sure. league free agents i think the great thing for the pirates and it might not be dewey robinson but you know what a great idea is there are so many teams that are already kind of in flux as far as either having interim managers or bringing in new managers. There's a lot of GMs on the hot seat. Yeah. There's going to be turnover. You might be able to pluck somebody. Exactly. And Sherrington certainly is connected enough. That's the great thing for the Pirates of having Sherrington. And that's why he was so valuable in Toronto. Because Atkins could pick his, pick his brain. You know, Tony LaCava, great baseball man, Pittsburgh guy. He, he, he was never been in the seat. Sherrington was in the hot seat, in one of the hottest seats in, in baseball in Boston. So, right. you know, he could rely on that. 
But I think the Pirates, I mean, again, all of these things are just coming together where you can get an upgrade on your in your coaching and in your instructional staff. And your, your talent, even at the lower levels, has advanced enough that you need to get more experienced instructors to take them to the next level. I think they have the basic fundamental um, applying, you know, using analytics as well as practical baseball skills. They have that in place already where it's, where it's at. But as far as getting them to the next level, I don't think you have that in the pirate system. So I think it could, whether, I, I think Sherrington's experience and connections and the fact that there's going to be people out there, I think it's, it bodes really well for the pirates. And Karen, you were just saying in the last segment, you know, maybe you guys aren't seeing as many prospects as you thought you should, right? I mean, is is the system providing in Toronto? Or be blunt, you guys have, have sold off a decent amount of them trying to patch holes. So how do you tell? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm fairly happy overall with what's, what has happened with the farm system since this front office has taken over? They said early on their biggest priority was to rebuild the farm system. And a few years later, it was one of the top farm systems, maybe not the top, but it was ranked pretty highly. And then what happened with that, as you said, so a number of those prospects have been traded away. They traded away two of their higher prospects just a year ago to bring in Jose Barrios. They traded basically four prospects to get Matt Chapman for two years. And also another, they're not just trading these guys away. Two of their higher ranked prospects from a year plus ago have now graduated and they're all stars with the Toronto Blue Jays, Alec Manoa and Alejandro Kirk. So I personally, I'm pretty happy with the farm system management, somewhat predictably because of all of this, they've now fallen back down in terms of the rankings. Um, but I, Which is what I'm actually looking at right now, just to, just to let you know, because I was curious. I just I don't follow them closely enough, so I was like, I wonder where they're at right now. Right. But on the other hand, they, they had four picks. Um, before the end of the second round this year because they had their own first and second round and they had two uh, two players that went elsewhere that were all offered qualifying offers and didn't stay. So they got four pretty decent-looking prospects from the look of it, and I, I think they've done, with what they have to work with, it seems to me that they've done the best job that they can and they're restocking the cupboard, so to speak, and I, I'm pretty happy with that aspect of it. So they can cultivate players that aren't sons of other major league baseball players. Is that, <laughs> is that what we're saying? <laughs> right, it sounds good. Okay, I mean, no, an, another common thread here between the two teams and the systems: they draft and develop hitters, pitchers. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I, I think the best of their pitching prospects, with the exception of maybe one. Are already up with with the Blue Jays. I, I do worry about their pitching, just like with the Pirates. We don't really know are these young pitchers are good. Are they are they really going to be able to come through? You know at you know at at the um, at the major league level. Nobody but, or are, knows about pitchers. Or are there are there enough of them? 
is another thing too. No. So, yeah, there's never enough of them in on any team, yeah, really. Right, right. But I I know um, I think that development systems are are interesting to, to watch because you have so many different philosophies. You can advance guys too fast. You can have some that that want to go too slow. But I, I loved what you said earlier, Jim, about cherry picking some of these other teams. You know, we talk about how much we admire Atlanta and how they've been onboarding people and getting people through their system quickly. Well, that would seem to be a need for a team like the pirates, especially if they want to function the way they are. So maybe go and see if there's a couple hey, gurus you can grab from them. Right. Hey, listen, if you're not going to open the checkbook on the major league level with players yet, do it behind the scenes. I mean, yeah. you know, we're, this, this is, this is where you can make up some ground or should be trying to. So not, not that any fan is going to be on Twitter going, I'm, I feel better now. They hired, no. uh, they hired a hitting guru, um, for the single a Bradenton Marauders. And now, no, yeah, but you want it, <laughs> Certainly. you know, nerds like us are kind of like, all right, like uh, Dewey Robinson. I know you and I were both geeked. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 <laughs> which, you know, looking back on it, it's kind of funny, but. Um, well, I mean, you just look at like what the track record is, right? I mean, like, right. so then you see that and you're like, well, it's got to be better than what we're doing here. And so, you you know, you do get excited about it. But uh, the other, other thing I just wanted to bring up was Alex Stump had a really good uh, uh, article with uh, – he sat down with uh, Andy Haynes, the hitting coach of the Pirates. And if you get a chance to read it, I give Alex a lot of credit. He asks – a lot of good questions and got the interview and I actually, you know, my Andy, Andy Haynes guy, no, but he, he, he answered a lot of questions. I don't know that I'm all that much more clear about things, but it's a really good read. If you get a chance to do it from a pirates fans perspective. Yes. Very so. wonderful circular conversation. It, 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 I appreciate it him was. asking the questions, but you know, they were they were master class. He could probably run for Congress. He was well spoken, and I mean yeah. that in a semi complimentary way. Sort of, kind of. So, hey, yeah. you know, we should probably wrap up the show. Let's actually preview this series, huh? How cool is this? Yeah. So you got Toronto and Pittsburgh here. Um, anybody injured? We should know. Or are we going to see all the stars? What do What do we What should we expect from the Blue Jays? Um. Yeah, who's who's on the IL? I mean, I, as I mentioned earlier, Hunjin Ryu is done for the year. He had Tommy John surgery, and and other than that, I'm trying to think. Steve, is anyone significant on the IL? A no. couple of relief pitchers on the 60 day, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be. Um, you may not see George Springer for all three games. I, I think there okay. may be some players that you see rested, but for the most part, you know, you know. The, the clock has run out. I mean, if this was May or June, you might have missed different story. Right. But I mean, yeah. now every game is important. So you are going to see the best that the Blue Jays can put out there. I mean, Alec Manoa throws Friday. Of course, it's the one game I can't go to is but my guy you know, Alec <laughs> Manoa is, is pitching, but um, well, we'll be there. And I hope he sucks. <laughs> I just wanted to say that. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's going to take one inning, and you're going to fall in love with him. No, we are. We already wanted to trade for him a couple years ago. Right. We we hoped and prayed <laughs> you guys were dumb enough to take Josh Bell for him. You wouldn't. 
we, it was either him or Nate Pearson I wanted, so like you wouldn't do it. Thanks. So yeah. Now thanks. you don't get Josh Bell. Yeah. Um, Take that. Well, yeah. you know, I mean, you hate to have to pencil in Vladdy Guerrero Jr. at into first base every day, but you you know you you know you pick your battles. So. Yeah, right. real real tough gig there, Steve. Real excited to watch yeah. him hit at PNC because, I mean, I, the the Renegades on the Rotunda should probably be worried. To be honest, he can hit them. <laughs> so you know I'm pretty the, excited to watch him play. I mean, the well, best the best battle is going to be Cabrian Hayes versus Matt Chapman. I mean, you are literally seeing the two best third basemen in each league. Yeah, I mean, I have no doubt. Yeah. Hayes yeah, is the that's, best. A lot of people aren't aware of him in Toronto, at least it, it, from our side of things. And so, yeah, that'll be cool to watch. Yeah, he is a terrific third baseman. Um, Pirates, I think, uh, you know, we just had our September call-ups, so we get to look forward to probably seeing a new starter in this series. Johan Oviedo is probably yeah. going to get a crack in this series. And um, that's pretty exciting. We just traded for him with the Jose Quintana deal, so... Looking forward to, to getting our eyes on him. Plus, Lord knows they needed to bring up another real starter. So uh, that's that's another thing. You guys, I'm pretty sure you guys got five starters that have actually started all year, right? I mean, like we don't. No, we got. Well, it's better than us. Let's put it that way. <laughs> We've got between three and four. Well, when the season started, Ross Stripling was the the long man slash swing man out of the bullpen. And he's been in the rotation most of the year and honestly blown the lid off anybody's expectations. He's done so well. And then at at, at 5.59 on that deadline day, they snuck in a trade for Mitch White from the Dodgers. And he's been up and down. He, he's had a couple good games. His last game, not so much. And, well, we're, we're still kind of seeing what he is, but... Want to finish the show with World Series predictions? Why not, right? <laughs> Let's do World Series predictions. Off the cuff, Jim, you don't get to study, so get that look off I your know, face. I know. I'm looking straight down like Rodolfo Castro at my cell phone. I'm going to go Atlanta and New York. That's my World Series, and I think Atlanta wins Interesting. It. I think Atlanta's going back to back. Well, Steve. I need more time. I need more time. So someone else go. Steve, go ahead. Okay. Well, I should be a man of my word, like I did on my show with the FECU projections, and say it's the Blue Jays and the Phillies. But honestly, I think that's okay. Just don't promote the show, and none of your guys will know. <laughs> I'm not sure anybody would even knew I did it anyway. But um, I'm going to say it's going to be the the Astros and the Braves, and I think the Astros assuming they can get enough trash cans in uh, to the point. <laughs> uh, they don't need them now. They got pitch comms. You know, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean you, have supply, you have supply chain issues, so maybe you can't get the right tone that you want with your trash can. But I think the Astros uh, over the Braves in six games. They are good again, aren't they? <laughs> Jim, it's only fair. You got to be next. All right. I'm going to go Astros, Braves, and I'm going to take the Braves. All right. You, Pretty Karen? consistent. Karen, how about you? <laughs> um, tw- twenty seventeen rematch, Astros Dodgers, and it'll it'll be the revenge series. Dodgers win. That would actually be kind of cool from from that standpoint. That would be a pretty a cool storyline, right? Yeah, yeah. 
So I could live with that as much as I possibly can as a Pirates fan. Guys, this was great. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, why don't you tell people how to get a hold of you um, just so they can uh, follow along with what's going on with Toronto through the, uh, the the playoff race here. Karen, I'll start with you. How do people get a hold of you? Right. Yeah, so I, I'm on Twitter, and I'm actually there a fair, fair bit. So my uh, username is just like it says there, Karen Suter, with a one on the end. And, uh, yeah, pretty pretty addicted to the social media so i'm i'm on <laughs> you, you want to talk baseball or, or other reasonable topics where there is mutual respect that uh yeah easy to find go go blue jays <laughs> well we just became friends and you've already told me i'm gonna fail mutual, <laughs> i mean like <laughs> the, steve how about you brother everybody knows you here but well, you can follow me on Twitter at Feckless Wonder. Uh, that's a name that I was uh, bestowed upon me um, by Sean Doyle at Jays from the Couch. Uh, Karen and I both write for JaysFromTheCouch.com on a pretty regular basis. And coming up Saturday, it's a non-Jays from the Couch project, but I'm going to be co-hosting with Christian Rao on Slasher Sports, a Saturday morning college football show. Well, that's pretty exciting because I have recently started a college team podcast the h2p yeah, I, podcast on the dk pittsburgh sports podcast yeah, i Network. noticed that yes so, so check that a, out and actually pit wvu is the leadoff story for us even though it'll be a day removed from saturday that's actually the number one story for us on the college podcast that's what well, we we'll decide i'll sports. decide on friday after this game whether yeah. it's going to be my leadoff story or not i might just go right to tennessee but regardless jim how do people get a hold of you brother yeah so twitter 24 7 um it is at jim stam 22 or for the city underscore 412 all pittsburgh all the time it's uh let's go bucks it's here we go it's hail to pit, especially right now. And, uh, you know, and let's go pens and yeah. So everything. That's it. Yeah. Ben, everything. Ben, since I know you watch the show before you say, let's go bucks to finish it off. Just want you to know that your dad's a liar. And he's the one that wanted you to lose the playoff. Game, <laughs> not me. <laughs> I, I am still nice. Uncle Gary. It's cool. Uh huh. Um, yeah. So go ahead and take it away, brother. Yes, yeah, but...